emanating from www.michaelnimmons.com. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dyson. This is Rochelle Riley, straight out of Detroit. This is Dr. Victoria Dooley at Dr. Dooley MD. Well, everybody, it's your boy, comedian Jay Stevens. This is Frederick D. Haynes III. I am Justin Coates, an author and anti-bullying activist. I am Pam Perry. Hey, everybody, this is Rochelle V. Mann, CEO of Man Made Productions. This is Bree Diane, international evangelist. Hey, this is Candace Pretty Strange Smith. And what's up? This is Ty Scott King. I was cracking Planet Earth. It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemes. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud Radio show welcome to Emmy Award winning WXYZ Channel 7 anchor woman and new friend of the show, Miss Carolyn Clifford. Well, thank you, Michael, and what a nice introduction. So happy to be here. You know what I've got to do. i got to check out my man, Michael Nimmons, who is handling his business as he drops that knowledge. I like that because Frederick Douglass, for whom I'm named, says that knowledge unfits us for slavery. Truth sets us free. If you want to be free, you want to be like Mike. Check out the best radio show online. You're locked in right now to our listening. You're tuned into this. And without thinking about it, guess what? I'm thinking out loud right here on a Thinking Out Loud radio show. And if you want to stay in the know, you better be listening to Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Check out Thinking Out Loud. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't you dare touch that dial. The Thinking Out Loud radio show with Michael Nimmons. Featuring author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. And you're tuned in to the show. It's giving voice to issues that matter to you. We're so very excited that you've tuned in to tonight's show. We've got another great show in store for you. You know, over these past two years, we've had an opportunity to interview some very influential people um you know on our show and i'm just truly blessed uh that god has given us that opportunity i mean we've interviewed everybody from you know the detroit city clerk janice winfrey to emmy award-winning journalist uh carolyn clifford uh to Pulitzer surprise winning journalist uh, uh uh rochelle riley uh 
to to activist and author Marcia L. Dyson, uh, you know, in, in intellectual and pastor uh, Dr. Freddie Haynes. I mean, the list goes on and on. And we're just so happy that God has just afforded us the opportunity to reach out to these individuals. And they've considered to be on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And we've interviewed Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist when he was a candidate for Detroit City Clerk. Uh, you know, just some very influential people that had a, a been on the Thinking Out Loud radio show and on tonight uh, I'm just so happy and honored to have uh, the newly elected first African American mayor of East Point, Michigan uh, the Honorable Monique Owens on the show with us on tonight. She is definitely a brilliant, intelligent young woman and we're so very happy to have her on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We had a great interview, great discussion about her political career, short political career. It started back in 2017, actually, as the first African-American councilwoman of East Point, Michigan. And now she is the first African-American mayor of East Point, Michigan. I can't wait to share with you this powerful interview in just a few minutes. And if you're just joining the show, just listening for the first time, all of those individuals that we just named, uh, you can certainly listen to any of those interviews um, in our park podcast archives right from michaelnimmons.com or, in fact, anywhere you listen to any of your podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Radio.com, the list goes on and on. You can go back and listen to our over 130 something uh, podcasts that we've done over these past two years. And God has given us this platform and we certainly appreciate it. And we hope that you take a few minutes and go back and listen to some of those great interviews that we've had right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. During the What Are You Thinking About segment that's coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to be talking about what you're thinking about. And we kick it off tonight talking about Colin Kaepernick's workout fallout. That's right. He uh, worked out over the weekend. And uh, we want to talk a little bit about that, actually, uh, in our What Are You Thinking About segment. Also going to talk about Kurt Franklin's boycott of Dove Awards and TBN. That's right. That's coming up as well. And rounding out our list of three topics for tonight's show, we're going to be sharing with you the Detroit Youth Choir performed for the debut of the new Ford car reveal. That's right. Just recently, the Detroit Youth Choir flew to Los Angeles for a exclusive event uh, with uh, Ford Motor Company and uh, VIP actor. Uh, we'll be sharing with you a little bit about that event during our What Are You Thinking About segment. And as always, we close tonight's show with another dynamic thought of the week. And as we begin to think about the theme of tonight's show, your voice and your vote and how uh, the first African-American mayor, Monique Owens, really uh, wanted us to make sure that that message was uh, conveyed during her interview and during tonight's show. We thought it was appropriate to share with you an excerpt of a message we delivered a few years back during Black History Month uh, at our church, Greater Grace Temple, entitled Keep Your Eyes on the Prize. And of course, while the prize that we ultimately were not were talking about was not voting, we did open up the message talking about the evolution of the civil rights movement and how black people went from marching for their civil rights to voting for the first African-American president of the United States. And 
Uh, this is a powerful message, and I just can't wait to share it with you at the close of the show. So needless to say, we've got a great show in store for you. So without any further ado, let's get to it. You is live. A sea of race fists and silence. 2020 fight is getting very real. Democrats jumping in, speaking out. Jussie Smollett. A month ago, few people knew who he was. You're watching The Breakfast Club. If you take it all into consideration, Stephen A. Listen, the argument that where, where you absolutely disgust me. A dilemma right now. How you feeling? Better than I deserve. You feel better today? I'm getting there. Yeah. What are you thinking about? What's up, everybody? This is the November 19th edition of the What Are You Thinking About segment where we talk about everything that you're thinking about. And we kick off tonight's show talking about Colin Kaepernick and um, the fallout uh, behind his workout with the NFL on uh, over the weekend on Saturday, November the 16th. And um, for those who don't know, former quarterback... Colin Kaepernick finally got his uh, opportunity to work out for uh, NFL scouts, pro scouts, uh, and it was announced that he was going to uh, initially have his workout uh, at Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons Stadium in front of 25 NFL pro scouts, Uh, but there was some controversy surrounding that. And uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick, according to The Undefeated, an article that I read on ESPN's website, The Undefeated, the, the article is entitled Kaepernick called an audible and beat the NFL at his own game. And um, I really enjoyed this article because it really uh, shed light on. Um, you know, what's really going on behind the scenes uh, with all of this, uh, you know, and, and why um, the NFL all of a sudden wanted to work out Colin Kaepernick. You know, in my mind, it was really just a publicity stunt. And so uh, Colin Kaepernick called an audible. According to uh, this, uh, according to writer William Roden of The Undefeated, Colin Kaepernick proved beyond any doubt on Saturday that he belongs in the NFL. During an hour-long workout on a high school football field in Riverdale, Georgia, Kaepernick did all of the things NFL personnel would expect to see from an elite-caliber quarterback. He threw out uh, threw out routes on a rope, pinpointed slants, connected on medium and long routes. One scout on site said he believed that Kaepernick still had an elite arm. You know, and... I, I agree. I saw some clips of it. I'm sure you have as well of uh, Kaepernick at the at a high school in Riverdale, uh, in in Riverdale, Georgia, where he uh, ultimately uh, had the workout. He um, he did not show uh, to the Atlanta Falcons facility um, because uh, you know 
it was really the, the NFL. Here, here's the bottom line: the NFL was trying to control the narrative of this whole event, and Colin Kaepernick said that he wanted, in so many words, to work out and to do this 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 audition on his own terms. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I I give him all the credit for being able to do this. And for what I understand, he switched it to this high school. And from all all accounts, it appeared as if this was in the works and in the plans all along. And he let the uh, NFL know, uh, I believe it was 30 minutes or maybe, uh, well, according to Stephen A. Smith, I think he said it was three hours before he was supposed to work out that uh, the workout had been changed to a different location 51 miles away at Riverdale High School in uh, in Georgia. Um, but I, 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 I want to talk about this because, you know, we all know Colin Kaepernick should definitely be playing in the league. I stand with Colin Kaepernick. I believe that he is still an elite quarterback. There are teams that are, need, that are in need of quarterbacks, including the Detroit Lions. I mean, we need a quarterback right now. You know, those who still believe in Matt Stafford, I'm not one of them. Uh, but we have a backup quarterback in Driscoll that is really doing the best he can. But... Colin Kaepernick could do much, much better. I mean, this guy took the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl, uh, albeit under Jim Harbaugh, but they still went to uh, the Super Bowl. And on top of that, the following year, he took them to the NFC Championship game. This guy uh, is still an elite quarterback. He's still got an elite arm. And, um, you know... I don't I, I don't agree with people like journalists like Stephen A. Smith who believe that that Colin Kaepernick should shuck and jive like he uh, you know uh, like um, you know like he thinks he should for the NFL owners because that's really what that's really is not what this is all about in the first place. Colin Kaepernick took a knee for police brutality and for the Black Lives Matter movement. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hate to talk about another black man like this, but to me, it really seems like uh, Stephen A. Smith is a shield for the NFL. He's a shield for the league because, you know, he should be supporting this man's um, courage. He should be supporting this man's uh, boldness to be able to stand up to a league and, 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 and let them know that you know yeah I want to be a quarterback in your league but but I want you to also respect me as a black man I want you to I want the respect uh, I want the respect of a black man uh, as an African American and I the respect that I deserve as an African American the right to kneel the right to protest for right Dr. King said the time is always right to do right and, uh, you know, I just believe in his cause. I didn't, I, 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 I have to admit, and I said this in earlier shows, that it took me a while to come around because, you know, at first I thought Colin was really just had a, had a, uh, he was angry with Jim Harbaugh for benching him. And that's why he, you know, ultimately kneeled. But, 
you can really look at this young man's life and see that he is passionate about the cause of African Americans. What I understand, he showed up at the uh, workout in a in a um, a, a kente cloth T-shirt. Uh, you know, really just you know, he wanted to change the narrative of this workout and make it about his cause and and you know and 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 do it on his terms i applaud him for that you know where some like stephen a would try to say that this man has dug his own grave and that he'll never be an nfl quarterback i i don't know i I, never be an nfl quarterback again i should say I'm, i'm not convinced of that i do believe that there are teams that will give him a shot and I, I, I want to see how this plays out. But I'd love to get your thoughts and feedback about that. I think him switching the venue, um, changing the narrative, because the NFL was going to ultimately, according to this article, um, be the judge, juror, and executioner, and, and ultimately uh, deny uh, Colin his opportunity to, um, to play in the NFL again. And if that is true... I say go out on your own terms. And he decided to do it as Frank Sinatra said, I did it my way, you know. And if nothing else happens as a result of this, at least he can say he he, he held true uh, to his to his beliefs and he changed the narrative uh, of of all of this to focus more on, um, you know, the cause that he is in favor of, which is Black Lives Matter and, uh, you know, fighting against police brutality in the black community. And again, I still stand with Colin and I hope you do as well. Also, we wanted to uh, share with you uh, our thoughts about gospel artist Kurt Franklin boycotting TBN Dove Awards for censoring his acceptance speech. And in some cases, I think both of these stories kind of go hand in hand. Uh, According to Fox News, uh, gospel artist Kurt Franklin is boycotting TBN and Dove Awards because they censored his acceptance speech. Grammy Award winning gospel singer Kurt Franklin says he's boycotting the Christian Music Dove Awards, the Trinity Broadcasting Network, and the Gospel Music Association until tangible plans are put in place, according to him, to protect and champion diversity. After part of his acceptance speech addressing police brutality was edited out. Uh, After calling for prayers for Fort Worth, Texas woman who was killed by a police officer the weekend of the award show, the Love Theory singer said history is repeating itself. A similar incident happened when he won the award in 2016 and was told he would not be censored again. But on Monday night, he was heartbroken and felt like quitting after what happened on TBN. What Kurt Franklin discovered is what we already knew is that white evangelicals are racist. Call it, let's call a spade a spade. They use the Bible. They've weaponized the Bible uh, to uh, for their own racist agenda. Dr. King said it best. The most racist and segregated hour on Sunday morning is 12 noon in every church in America. And 
know, I, you know, I don't care how we try to whitewash it or try to um, ignore it. The problem still exists. Racism is still exists in this country. It's not going anywhere. And, um, you know, you can see this being played out on a lar- much larger scale with with the uh, the Trump administration. White evangelicals are radio silent as this man, uh, this the, the president of the United States is just being a belligerent idiot on the world stage. But uh, rewind back to 2008 when the nation elected the first African-American president of the United States in Barack Hussein Obama, the white evangelicals were critical of this every man's step. I mean, they were critical of him wearing uh, a different, a tan suit during a press conference. But they will let this, this, this president who has been accused of uh, 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 of sexual predator being a sexual predator? You know, more than twenty or so women have come out saying that he has sexually harassed them. Uh, they're you know uh, racist, narcissistic, uh, egotistical, maniacal—all you 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 name it. This president is all of these things, and you have. Pastors like Paula White, who will come to his defense and is now working in the White House and going as far as saying that if you don't, if we don't support this president, that God uh, is going, that, that, that we are committing a sin because we're not supporting this president. Give me a break. But, but but he's free to do what he wants to do. He's free to lie, to steal, to cheat. He's free to do what he wants to do. But we're the ones that's morally obligated uh, to, to, to follow him. Give me a break. <laughs> I can't believe this. This is ridiculous. I know you don't agree with this at all. I know you don't agree with with, with with the white evangelicals because you can. I mean, any reasonable, logical person could not agree that this is uh, this is the right thing to do. I love to get your thoughts and feedback about this as well. We posted this article on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan fan page. You're more than welcome to leave us your comments about this story as well. And finally, rounding out our three stories for the What Are You Thinking About segment for tonight's show, we want to give a quick shout out to uh, our adopted choir. The Detroit Youth Choir continues to do big things, not just here in the city of Detroit, but around the country. These guys are just doing their thing. They uh, finished up six shows in Las Vegas in early November uh, with Cody Lee, the winner of America's Got talent and them them as run and and their group as runners up uh they were there for residency six show residency in las vegas those young people did a phenomenal job i understand there in las vegas but then they turn around and come back and fly to Los Angeles where the Ford Motor Company invited them to be a part of a very exclusive 
uh, Ford Car Reveal. Um, the Detroit Youth Choir, according to uh, Car and Driver, was uh, invited to be a part of an exclusive Ford Reveal with actor Idris Elba. The mock. Uh, they're calling it the Mach-E, the Mustang Mach-E electric SUV. Ford is getting ready to show its highly anticipated electric Mustang SUV to the world. The debut took place November 17th at 6 p.m. You could stream this on YouTube. Actor Idris Elba, who was announced as the official spokesperson for the Mach-E, uh, slated to be there. Of course, he was there along with the Detroit Youth Choir. They're just doing some big things. And I'm just so godly proud of them. They're also going to be a part of this year's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I believe they're going to be uh, co-grand marshals for the parade as well. Just so excited for them. Um, they're just doing some great things. Just love these young people. They're, of course, the adopted choir of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Well, that was the November 19th edition of the What Are You Thinking About segment where we talk about everything that you're thinking about. We're getting ready to take our first break of the night, but when we come back, we get right into our interview with the first African-American mayor of East Point, Michigan, the Honorable Monique Owens. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hi, my name is Maya, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show with radio show host and my daddy, Michael Nimmons. You better listen to that little girl. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you get you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. 
Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is radio host Michael Nimitz, and yes, it's tax time. Haven't filed yet? No worries. We've got the place for you. Consumer Tax Clinic. Take it from someone who knows. They will sit down with you, go over your return, give great advice, and look for the best possible return options. Let the experts at Consumer Tax Clinic help you get the refund you never thought you could. They did it for me. Let them do it for you. Call Consumer Tax Clinic at 248-395-0078. That's 248-395-0078. Or visit their website at ConsumerTaxClinic.com. That's ConsumerTaxClinic.com. Consumer Tax Clinic, a tax service designed with you in mind. We are back on another exciting edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, and we have a very, very special guest on the line with us on tonight, and I can't wait to get into this interview. But before we do, I want to give her a proper introduction. Back in 2017, she became the first African-American councilwoman elected in East Point, Michigan. And today, she is the newly elected first ever African-American mayor of East Point, Michigan. And she wants us as African-Americans to know the power of our right to vote. She's made that as a part of her message as mayor of East Point. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud radio show welcome to new friend of the show and Mayor of East Point, the Honorable Monique Owens. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Mayor Owens. Thank you. Hi. I'm so happy to be a part of your show. Thank you. It is a pleasure. It is a pleasure. Thank you so much for carving out time out of your busy, busy schedule to be a part of Thinking Out Loud radio show. We truly, truly appreciate it. And from what I understand, unlike most newly elected mayors who win in November, uh, typically start their first term in the following January of the following year, things went a little bit differently for you in East Point, right? Yeah, even when I got elected as councilwoman, now mayor, I wish at that time I would have changed in the charter to make sure that the next person that ran for either seat would be able to get, uh, you know, a chance to breathe after a campaign and start in January. Right. If you uh, have prepared for the job that God has set before you, it doesn't matter what time, you know, you put in that place. So the work needs to be done now, so I'm ready for the job, and it's time to go to work. Absolutely, absolutely. We are so honored, as I said earlier, to have the first African-American mayor of East Point on the line with us on tonight, the Honorable Monique Owens. So let's get started, uh, Mayor Owens. I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself to our Thinking Out Loud radio show listeners. Yes. Well, everyone knows that I'm the first African-American councilwoman and mayor. You uh, so nicely said that. I'm also the first African-American mayor in the whole county that I live in. And also probably one of the youngest that um, is mayor 
as well. Well, I'm the only African-American mayor and, and also the youngest and a woman. So I hit so many different points in changing the face of history and letting pretty much people know that and well, no matter where you go, you can be and become anything. And I'm so uh, glad to be a part of that. I think Obama showed that when he was elected. And um, he touched me to continue that dream. So um, just a little bit about me. I used to be a Wayne County Sheriff. Um, so I used to be a police officer for 11 years. Um, now I teach law enforcement at uh, Macomb Community College. I also started a 4-H program in East Point to get the youth to have be more involved in their community and also to be better achievers when they go to school and their cells and at home as well because it starts at home, right? Right. You know, so I did a lot of mentorship programs. I did a lot in the community um, as a police officer. You know, I think even as a police officer, I touch a lot of people. A lot of people like to see African-Americans that are uh, police officers as well. And so, you know, just being a public servant through all my life and now becoming another, tra- you know, a trailblazer, you know, adding addition to, you know, my resume has been awesome, you know, just achieving so many things that I never thought I'd achieve because God allowed me to do it. And um, I just want to make sure the platform that I have allows me to help other people be successful and let them know by seeing me that, uh, faith without work is dead, and they can do anything um, if they put God first. And so I really want people to get out and, you know, use their power in the vote because it's power in the vote. And I want to push a group of people, which is the African-American community, to let them know their vote does count. I don't care what the past has shown you. Let's move our power to the future. Let's show something different in this election. So hopefully all my work that I've done, will push people to let them know that, you know, they have power, they have strength, and to start using it. Absolutely, absolutely. I know you are enjoying our interview with the newly elected first African-American mayor of East Point, the Honorable Monique Owens. We're so happy to have her on the line with us on tonight, and she's really been sharing with us a little bit about her uh, political career and how it got started, as well as the importance of voting. And we're going to be talking more about the importance of voting as we go throughout the interview. But I want to ask you, uh, Mayor Owens, um, what inspired you to get into politics? You know what? You know what? It's funny that you ask that. Uh, a lot of people ask me that. Like, were you this big political science person and things like that? Mm-hmm. Not. <laughs> I thought it was boring. I, you know, it was something that really was not talked about in the African American community. Mm. We would always talk to obey laws, not be the people in charge of enforcing them. So, you know, when you grew up around a community where we knew uh, where we stood, you know, you didn't go beyond that. And so, it was something that you never talked about. You never had elected officials that's in your family and your community. Um, it wasn't big talk in school. And so, and that was the norm. And pretty much a lot of African-American communities is not talked about. You don't, everybody talks about being a doctor or a nurse. Nobody talks about controlling laws and controlling, you know, being part of the community. Nobody really talks about that. Um, being a police officer and things like that, you know, I, I moved to the city of East Point knowing that it was a quiet community. I think some things that uh, the city started to change and, I want to do something about it. And, you know, I'm like, I'm already a police officer. I'm already a mentor. I do so much for the community. What more can I do? 
I saw some, I saw that the city at East Point was appointing a, a city council person, and I told my, I asked myself, what's that? What's a council person? What do they do? And once you say what something is, you have the power to go, you know, research it. It's no, you know, you have the internet, you have all these things that give you, you know, power. It's no excuse to not know something anymore. So I looked it up, seeing what a council person does, and I felt like I could do it. I'm going to give that a chance. And so I uh, applied it twice and was rejected. And so then that was appointment by the council. And then when the election came to run again by the people, I was rejected again. So that's three rejections, right? Usually people say, I'm done with this. And I was there. I was there. I said, I'm done. I feel like it's racially motivated at, at some at some point, and I just didn't want to be a part of it anymore. You know, I feel like everybody else felt, you know, how most African Americans feel, that we don't have no part in anything that we do. I felt that way. And when I seen Obama reach his peak, now, when I, when I ran my election in 2015, and like I said, that was the third time, and it was like, you know, this is a third rejection. I'm not doing this anymore. I'll just, I'll just sit back and play my part and be part of the community, you know, because I see this system is not for for me. Right. And I left it alone. And then I seen Obama win the election, and it was so powerful to me, you know. So, actually, that was the first time I actually voted. Mm. That's the first time I actually voted. And the reason is because, like I said, I never was taught to vote. Um, I grew up in a very religious, so voting was somewhat against my, you know, against my religion. Nobody talked about doing it. And so when I got of, of age and I still had some of those mindsets, I started learning that, well, we don't vote and we get involved. How are we um, going to be a part of the process? How do we get a part of what's going on around us and in control of it, and we don't do something or be a part of it. And so seeing when I tried to be a part of it and I was rejected, I was I was at a point where I don't want to do any, do this anymore. And I saw him, and it just inspired me. And seeing something different inspires people. And um, when it was time for the – so at that time, that's when the Department of Justice came in and said – we see a, a racial thing here in East Point where African-Americans cannot get elected. Because people, I didn't know that it was other African-Americans that tried to be elected in East Point before me. They came and because they watched East Point for years. It, they watched the back, you know, the history and things like that. They saw all these African-Americans, well-qualified, well, very well-qualified people try to get in. And they saw how that, People would step down, and then once they stepped down, it was they were appointed by a group of people. And by the time it was election time, they're incumbents now. And so that the how the process was in each point, and I understood it because I went through it. So I saw how things were being done, and how the system was working for a certain group of people, and how they they used that to put a certain group of people in office. And so when the Department of Justice came and people started talking about it. I left. I didn't know nothing about it, so I got calls, and people were telling me the Department of 
he's going to be sued and how you feel about it and things like that. And are you going to run in 2017? I said, I don't know about that. Because I just told you I got rejected three times, right? Right. I'm thinking to myself, this is not for me. So I started getting people from the community saying, you're running again, right, Miss Owens? I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. When I seen the news, the media, and I seen people in the community asking me to run again, I felt like they need to see something cha- uh, change, and they saw it in me. And so I was like, well, to myself, if I do this and I don't win, I'm not doing it again. I'm going to give it my all like I never did before. And I won. Wow. So now going forward to being mayor, as I start getting comfortable with being a councilwoman and learning my role, very excited, so many doors I met, so many unique people, uh, even residents, just people from all parts of life, you know, different backgrounds and things like that. And I remember sitting with a friend of mine who's a political strategist, and he said, um, so what are you want to do moving forward? And I said, well, I'm just, you know, I'm grasping, you know, being a councilwoman. And he said, so you know you're going to be the next mayor of East Point. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I said, I'm just getting used to being a councilwoman. And I had to stop myself when I said that. I thought to myself, you know, no, I said, I'm just getting comfortable. And I had to, you know, I had to check myself because anytime you get comfortable, you know, you're not learning to me. In my life, I always try not to get too comfortable because that means I don't have anything challenging me or, you know, things like that. And so when he said that, it let me know that, he saw something different in me, too. And so going forward, you know, becoming um, the next mayor of East Point, I saw a lot of challenges in that because I feel like, okay, they let me in. <laughs> but well, they let me be the, the, the face of, you know, their city, you know. So, you know, so we I ran against three Caucasian males and another uh, African-American female as well. And so it was five of us that ran. And I was, you know, the successor. I, you know, I was the winner and things like that. And everybody say, are you excited? I, I'm very excited. I'm just very humble. When I start talking to people about me running, I feel like they said, remember the, the, the book of Esther. When she did stuff, she did it quietly. She moved quietly, and she was successful in what she did. And I thought about the Bible the whole time I ran. When God shows you something, you don't have to tell everybody. Even while people, while you're doing the journey, people don't understand you, they get mad at you, they get jealous of you, and they don't understand, you know, God shows them after, after the effect. And so, you know, so even in the, the campaign, even when I went through the the laugh and people saying you can't do it and, are you crazy? You think they're going to let a black person be it? A mayor of East Point, girl, you crazy. Well, girl, get that fire out my face. I threw it down on the floor, you know, and uh, ha-ha, hee-hees, and yeah, right, and no, I'm not donating to you, and no, I don't want to be a part of that, or the cause I didn't get that, you know. Those those are the things I went through. Wow. People didn't understand the journey that God had put me on. And so... It was it was my journey to push a group of people to learn that they have a, a voice, um, to go out and vote, to use their power, 
whether you feel like the past has let you down, you know, don't let you down by not moving things forward, by not voting. And be a part of the process. And like I said before, the evidence of, you know, you going out to vote is pretty much my win. You know, there's evidence that your vote counts by my win, and I won by 19 votes. Wow, 19 votes. Amazing. 19 votes. Every vote counts. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Miss the college and pro football kickoff show featuring former all-pro wide receiver Derek Mason. Of course, man, I cannot let you go without talking a little bit about what's going on with uh, Jay-Z and the NFL. Catch it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Jay-Z said, you know, we're past milling. So, Jay-Z, you may be past milling, but the guys that are still milling, the guys that are still fighting for injustice, they're not past milling. Everybody's screaming that, oh, Jay-Z's at the table now. We should be happy that one of us is at the table. Just because you're at the table doesn't mean we all eat the same. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. I hope you're enjoying our interview with the first African American mayor of East Point, the Honorable Monique Owens. Let's get back into this insightful and powerful interview. I know you're enjoying our interview with newly elected, the first African-American mayor of East Point, the Honorable Monique Owen. So happy to have her on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And uh, she is just an inspiration to so many. I'm sure she's definitely inspired me and I'm sure she is inspiring you as you listen uh, to tonight's interview. And, uh, you know, just uh, really thrilled to have her on the show with us. And, you know, I was just listening to her and she's talking about what her who her inspiration is, which was one of my questions. And, you know, um, I, I, I could hear it in her voice. She talked about 
President Barack Obama being the first African-American president of the United States. And I remember and recall uh, his candidacy back in 2007. My son at that time was, uh, I believe he was one years old. And I remember, you know, watching Barack's campaign and, uh, you know, from a distance on television and in the news and, you know, kind of really watching and, and then taking my son, my son along with with me. And we kind of watched some of that together. And I remember that that evening in November in Hyde Park in Chicago, Illinois, when he gave his victory speech as the first African-American president of the United States. And my son, uh, you know, could barely say his name. But all I could think about was my son at one years old was able to see. Uh, the first African-American president of the United States. Just a tremendous, remarkable moment. And he inspired so many. And I'm sure, uh, you know, he inspired you. And you're now inspiring others as the first African-American mayor of East Point. So, um, Mayor Owens, I want to know from you, you know, as the newly elected mayor of East Point, what is your vision? You know, what would you like to see happen here in the city of East Point as the newly elected mayor? Well, a couple of my vision is to empower people. I think I've done that already by winning. Right. And so I have, when I say empower people, it's waking people up and letting them know they have a voice and be part of the community. For instance, I had a girlfriend of mine call me yesterday and said, what kind of commissions are open and what can I do? Mm. And other people call me and say, what can I do in the community? Now people want to be a part of it. They see something different. They want to be a part of commissions. They want to volunteer now because sometimes when you're in a, a, a city where you don't see too many people look like you or involved that look like you, you just feel like you, you just live there. You pay taxes there, you live there, but you're not really a part of it. They see me, you know, elected, you know, it's opened up a lot of people's minds saying, I want to be part of the political process. I want to be part of my community. I, 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 I want to do something. I want to feel empowered. I don't want to be left behind. So people felt like it was a part of something. Everybody want to be a part of something. I don't care what it is. Everybody want to feel like they was a part of something. And every time we left that door, we allow people to know, once I'm elected, you're a part of my win. Even when I got done. I didn't say I won. I said we won. And so the the part that I said, what you asked me before, getting back on what you asked me, was empowering people, making sure people who are renters get in homes that we own as a city. And uh, these tax reverted houses, a lot of times in the past, they gave it to investors who are rich. And uh, I want to give it to the people that, you know, can't get financing and things like that and, and they have bad credit and need homes. You know, I want to help the disabled. I want to help the veterans be able to have housing. I also want to decriminalize some of the laws in East Point as well. You know, so people don't have misdemeanors because uh, they didn't get their gutter fixed or the grass is too high. Certain things like that that I don't want people to have to deal with living in their city and decreasing crime and working on that as well. And so certain things like that and of course more and more seeing more, you know, diversity in the city of East Point, seeing more programming, government funding programming, fixing our streets, 
and, and clean water and things like that. So, you know, just revitalizing our city, helping the city move forward. And I think I've already started that as a councilwoman. I think I can just, you know, more doors will be open to me and my vision because I became mayor. You know, Mayor Owens, I was sitting here listening to you and the scripture that came to mind is faith without works is dead. That's right. You know, you can have all the faith in the world, but if you do not put your faith into action, it will amount to nothing. Um, but you got up, you, you not only talk faith, but you got in there, rolled up your sleeves and you put your faith into action and look where you are now the first African-American mayor of the city of East Point. I know you are enjoying our interview with newly elected, the first African-American mayor of East Point, the Honorable Monique Owens. So happy to have her on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And she's really just been sharing with us some insights into uh, her political career and uh, just, uh, you know, talking about her political inspiration in President Barack Obama and, and how he inspired her and how she is inspiring others in her newly elected position as the first African-American mayor of the city of East Point. You know, um, I am just thrilled and honored to have you on the show with us on tonight, and I really appreciate you carving out time to be with us. Know your schedule is busy. But what I appreciate the most about you is your uh, is how passionate you are about voting and how you want to make sure that African Americans particularly understand the power of their vote. Uh, and uh, I really want you to share with our listeners as we get ready to wrap this interview on tonight with them. I want you to really share with them uh, how powerful uh, their vote is. You made it uh, very clear that. Uh, your election is proof positive that your vote does count. Winning by 19 votes uh, is proof that uh, those 19 votes that you receive put you over the top, and now you are the newly elected mayor of the city of East Point. So I want you to really share with our listeners, because I'm sure they're listening now, and some may have felt like you did back when before you ran for uh, the first time for city council, uh, you know, feeling that their vote does not count, uh, that their, you know, that their vote does not matter, um, you know, you know, feeling apathetic and and really feeling like, you know, uh, again, that they don't matter in the political landscape. But I really want you to share with them how powerful their vote really is. Uh, I wish I would have learned about voting a long time ago. Um, and I wish I would have learned about the process and things like that a long time ago because it's powerful. The voice in the in the vote is very powerful, and I think other groups of people know that. Everybody in 2020 will see my election, how powerful the African-American vote was, they're going to tap into that in 2020. That's how powerful our vote is. And the reason why I feel like a lot of times we have not seen a lot of African-Americans 
in office or people who are not African Americans um, not in office that we have will have chosen is because we don't get out and vote. And I think we have been watched. We are watched very closely, the African American community, and how we vote and why we don't vote. They educate themselves in that, and they want off knowing that we don't go out and vote. And I tapped into that too, and I and I saw that they felt like, oh, they're not going to vote in a local election, and that's how they felt they were going to win the election um, this year in East Point. And so I said, I have to wake these people up some type of way because they're the people that's going to make me win because the numbers already have been have been added to those who are majority not African American that go out and vote. So just imagine me adding the African Americans who don't go out and vote to that number. I can win. And I knew they were the key to me winning. People that don't go out and win. You got two thousand and half of those two thousand five hundred of those two thousand people that vote in a local election are fifteen hundred Christ Caucasian people that go out and vote every local election that's known or researched, and only five, probably 500 of those people are African-American that's known, people have studied that. And they say, okay, there's only 500 African-Americans that might go out and vote. I don't really need that vote. I need the 1,500 Caucasians that's going to vote. And so the people are saying, okay, we, we know this 1,500 is going to go out and vote, and there's 500 that's going to vote, but it's about 4,000 to 10,000 African-Americans out there that's not voting locally. We're not going to worry about them. They just ain't going to vote. I tapped into that. I said, I need those 10,000 people to get out and vote. 10,000 of them didn't come out, but some of them who usually don't vote came out because I woke them up and let them know, this is an election. I need you. I need you to see something different, and you have power. And I think in the 2020 the presidential election, people are going to tap into the African-American community. It's already happening. And with me being elected, tapping into that, uh, it's going to, it's 2020, you're going to see all types of people in the African-American community. They're going to be at the school. They're going to be talking to them and things like that because we have a voice and we're growing. We're in cities that predominantly were Caucasian cities. We're all over the country. And, you know, people haven't tapped into us. And sometimes we haven't even tapped into ourselves. If you don't know you have power and everybody else do, then they're winning off you not knowing you have power. And so 2020 is going to be big for a lot of people, and uh, I believe 2020 is going to be changed by people seeing what Monique Owens has done in 2019. People are going to... You're tuned in. To the thinking Ow. Loud. 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 radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you author and speaker dr eddie connor i, I was reading something the other day and it's it's interesting uh it's been 50 years since uh, Dr. King was killed, 50 years later, they're still killing kings, you know, uh, to, to really 
speak truth to power, but also to, to speak to our young men about uh, police brutality, but also the whole spectrum that in many cases they live in the crosshairs of society. We can give them all the, the tips, tools, and things of the trade of how to govern yourself accordingly. But we see young men all across America, and we, you know, uh, in many cases we just become desensitized to a young man who is shot and killed because the police were threatened by the fact that he pulled something out of his pocket and it was a phone when they thought it was a gun. Practitioner and spokesperson, Dr. Victoria Dooley. I do feel strongly that as the African-American community and the church, we need to take mental illness more seriously and we need to make it okay for somebody to seek out health care for mental health issues other than prayer. Absolutely, 100%. Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, Rochelle Riley. Uh, I, I can tell you, and before we leave uh, Ali, let me tell you that it wasn't just an interview with him, but my very first column called for the city of Louisville to have a museum for him because at that time there was nothing bearing his name except a little strip of street, you know, how it works in some cities where Martin Luther King Boulevard is in a part of town, but in the rest of the town it's named something else. That column ran and the mayor and other folks who knew better and who were embarrassed by it said, okay, it's time. And that helped lead to this effort that had been going on for some time to raise $80 million to build the Muhammad Ali Center, which now exists on the banks of the Ohio River. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. It's their birthday. They need a gift for that special someone. Then call KCN Designs and sit back and smile. KCN Designs specializes in custom-made, all-occasion baskets that are sure to make that special someone smile. Call KCN Designs today at 248-820-3691. That's 248-820-3691 and order your custom basket today. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. I hope you enjoyed our interview with the first African-American mayor of East Point, the Honorable Monique Owens. Let's hear the conclusion of this powerful and insightful interview. Wow, I know you guys have enjoyed our interview with the newly elected first African-American mayor of the city of East Point, the Honorable Monique Owens. So happy to have had her on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I have truly enjoyed listening to her inspirational story, and I'm sure you have as well. I'm reminded of the poem, or actually the quote uh, by Gandhi, you have to be the change uh, that you want to see in the world. And uh, and that's exactly what uh, the Honorable Mayor uh, Monique Owens has been. You know, she has been the change that she wanted to see 
in East Point and in her city. And her inspiration, uh, her inspiring story has definitely inspired others. And certainly um, we appreciate her carving out time to be with us on tonight on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And we pray that uh, God will continue to enlarge her territory as she begins her tenure as mayor of the city of East Point. We hope that we have built bridges with her. We love to have you back on uh, the Thinking Out Loud radio show to continue to talk more about uh, your plans for the city of East Point as well as the power of the right to vote. We definitely have got to have you back on to talk more about uh, the elections that will be coming up next uh, year, the primaries, as well as the general elections. And certainly uh, we want you to come back on and talk about the power of our vote. Power of the vote, but I, I tapped into the power of the African-American vote. The African-Americans need to get up, stop complaining, vote. Educate yourself on what you're voting for, why, and get out and vote no matter what. And take your kids. Take kids with you. Talk about it. Let it be a conversation piece. Sit at the table and talk to your kids what it means to vote. You know, the people that gave their lives to see us vote. And don't just, you know, and when you get in that line and vote, know who you're voting for. You know, a lot of times you get in line and say, oh, I voted. I get in line and just order something and not know what you order. I just I just ordered something. What did you order? I don't know. I'm going to eat it, though. <laughs> get in line and, you you know, and you vote and know what you're voting for and why. Because when you vote for something you don't know, then you're held accountable for not knowing something. You know, you're, right. you're held accountable for the person in office that you voted for and you didn't know they didn't care about health care. They didn't care about certain things that concern you or affect you. You just voted for that person to get in office. They don't care about nothing about you. And you voted for it. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's what a lot of people did back in 2016. That's why we had this clown in, all, in the office now. You know, folks voted and, and, uh, and didn't really know who they were voting for. And uh, that's why we're in the shape that we're in right now. I wonder, do I have a witness out there? I know I do. <laughs> Absolutely. Our ancestors fought for us to vote, and they fought for us to be voted. When we vote, vote as education. Mm. Vote with education, knowing who you vote for. You know, they just didn't get lying and... Um, get heard and, you know, get beaten and vote for somebody, their oppressor, they got and voted for somebody that was for them. So when you get in line, be educated, you know, and what you, who you voting for and why, and no more excuses. No more excuses anymore. We don't have any more excuses on why we can't do something. Absentee voting, you can vote at home while you're watching power. You can do whatever, whatever you need to do to, you know, get your vote out. There's no excuse anymore. And so we just want to make sure, you know, it's important for everybody to vote. But I just tapped into a, a group of people, the African-American community, because I felt like people wasn't paying attention to us, and I don't think we were paying attention to us, and I just want to pull that out. And so that's what I did. And thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for being on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I'm sure 
you have a very busy schedule, but we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We truly appreciate it. I'm sure our listeners appreciate it as well. Thank you, the Honorable Monique Owens, for being on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. May God continue to bless you. God bless you, too. Thank you so much. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Award-winning journalist, Carolyn Clifford. As journalists, we just have to keep doing what we're doing day in and day out. And all we can do is report the truth in a non-biased manner. And everything else will work itself out. Activist and thought leader, Marcia L. Dyson. Obviously not Nancy Pelosi because, again, because of social media, she said what she said, but that she's not going to be the one who stopped uh, her colleagues from not only thinking out loud, but talking out loud, whoever they are, authentically. Pastor and intellectual, Dr. Frederick Haynes III. In the black church, according to the uh, brilliant author and historian and scholar L.H. Welchel, uh, he said the black church was born as a protest movement. Uh, that's the reason the black church came to be. And if we're going to be honest to uh, scripture, I mean, the church itself uh, came out protesting. It was a movement of prophetic witness uh, to, you know, the insurrection of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons and the Thinking Out Loud radio show for over 10,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, and now available at michaelnimmons.com. The Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Mayor Owens from East Point, Michigan, and you are listening to one of the most educational, motivating, and inspiring radio stations, Thinking Out Loud with Michael Nimmin. Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you... 
wouldn't you to believe? Who Told You That You Were Naked is a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. It's time. 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 The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Of the week. Tonight's thought of the week comes from a sermon that we delivered a few years ago during Black History Month at our home church, Greater Grace Temple in Detroit, Michigan. The sermon was entitled, Keep Your Eyes on the Prize. And while the prize that we ultimately talked about in the sermon was not about voting, we did talk about the evolution of the civil rights movement and how black people went from marching for their civil rights to ultimately voting for the first African-American president of the United States. Take a listen. After verse number 13 and 14, Paul's writing to the church at Philippi. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me, and I'm reaching forth, somebody ought to reach forth to those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. For a subject on this, on this morning in the spirit of black history, I want you to look at that neighbor and tell him, neighbor, keep your eyes on the prize look at that other neighbor and tell them neighbor keep your eyes on the prize somebody give God a praise in this place as you take your seat keep your eyes on the prize I remember as a child young man actually still a young man watching a video series entitled Eyes on the Prize. This 
video series for those who are not familiar with this particular documentary was put together for teenagers and adolescents who were not aware or were old enough to experience a civil rights movement and I remember watching that video series and seeing fire hoses and police dogs used as weapons against black marchers and protesters I remember seeing black young men hanging from trees with masses of white people standing around with their little children hoisted on their shoulders I remember seeing crosses burning on the lawns of black families who were just trying to live peaceably and unabated I remember watching that video series and seeing leaders like Dr. King and Malcolm X and Marcus Garvey and Medgar Evers uh, fixtures of the movement Harriet Tutman and Rosa Parks and Sojourner Truth if you please I remember seeing Dr. King lead marches of black people through Selma and Montgomery, Alabama even here in Detroit, Michigan and probably the most widely watched and known of the marches was the, Washington, the, the march on Washington in August of 1963 and I can remember watching this video series and thinking to myself I cannot believe the violence that black people had to endure and were faced with just shocked me I couldn't believe what black people had to go through not too long ago what did this group of people do to deserve this kind of treatment what did they do to deserve to have to go to separate facilities what did they do to have to deserve to drink at separate water fountains what did they do to have to deserve sitting in the back of the bus and I asked myself would I be able to withstand the enormity of this kind of violence and not respond in kind would I be able to be would I would, would I be able to handle being slapped in the face put and, 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 and humiliated publicly fire hoses turned on me would I be able to take being kicked to the ground by police officers would I be able to handle being thrown in the jail for trumped up or false charges levied against me would I be able to endure seeing my brothers and sisters of the movement being hung, mutilated, and even burned simply because of the color of their skin? As much as I would like to, my answer to be a resounding yes, I would be able to handle this, yes. My righteous indignation and my humanity would not allow me to make such a declaration. Now I'm not sure, people of God, as I, if I possess the patience and the long-suffering of my forefathers.
and the tremendous accomplishment of him becoming our nation's 44th president. I was very impressed with him as a candidate and very impressed with his campaign as many of you were. Uh, the presidency indeed is a lofty goal in and of itself and it takes a very special kind of individual to endure the rigors of a two-year campaign traveling the country and even the world trying to convince and influence the public to vote for you. I'm sure if President Obama uh, were here he would agree that this campaign took a great deal of dedication and commitment. I'm sure if he were here he would tell us that uh, his campaign took a great deal of stamina and endurance the likes of which have never been seen before. In many ways the enormity of the campaign reflects the enormity of the position because he is, going, he is running for the highest office in the land. After all he's not running for president of the student council or president of the block club or neighborhood association but he's running to be the commander-in-chief of this nation. From the very beginning, he was the least likeliest of candidates. Didn't have the pedigree of his predecessors or even his opponents. Didn't share the same skin color of his predecessors or his opponents. Didn't have the wealth of his predecessors. He wasn't born with a silver spoon in his mouth. And yet he did not allow any of these things to dissuade him or detract him from reaching his goal. What impressed me the most about this man was how he handled his campaign. How he handled the criticism of his opponents. How he handled the scrutiny of the media how he handled the political gains of the Washington power brokers. He never allowed uh, any of those things to detract him or to take him off course. I can remember on one occasion after a debate with his last primary opponent, uh, Senator Hillary Clinton, at a campaign rally, he told the crowd what was the secret to his steadiness and his focus. Uh, Senator Barack Obama at the time uh, told that crowd at that rally uh, that what he would do uh, in the midst of all of the mudslinging, in the midst of all the dirt that was being thrown, he would just brush his shoulders off. He would just continue to brush the dirt off of his shoulders. And I don't know about you, but I take uh, my cue from uh, Barack, President Obama because uh, in life you're going to have those folk that's going to hate on you. You're going to have folks that, that, that don't like you and, and going to talk about you and throw mud and sling mud your way. But just brush the dirt off of your shoulders and keep moving. Do I have a witness in this place? You hang with me. I'm going somewhere. I'm sure if you ask President Obama, what kept you focused? What kept you from losing your cool? He would tell you the, the same thing that kept him focused was the very thing he was trying to achieve and that was becoming the President of the United States. And to him, the criticism was worthy of the prize. Uh, to him, the mudslinging was worthy of the prize. The false accusations was worthy of the prize. 
the hatred and jealousy was worthy of the prize once that prize was realized President Obama possessed it not with arrogance and not with pride but he possessed it soberly and he possessed it thankfully tonight's show we hope you enjoyed our thought of the week as well as our interview with the first african-american mayor of the city of east point michigan the honorable monique owens we're so happy to have had her on the thinking out loud radio show and we wish her nothing but success thank you monique for being on the thinking out loud radio show we hope that you'll be back on with us very soon in fact We hope to have you on next year, 2020, to talk about the power of our vote. That's right. In the African-American community, certainly we want you to come back on and share with us more about the power of our right to vote. Your voice, your vote. And thank you again for tuning in to tonight's show. We truly, truly appreciate it. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Your support helps us to increase our exposure across the World Wide Web. And remember, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud radio show. Like our Facebook fan page. Also, go to Twitter and Instagram and hit us up there at the TOL Radio Show or TOL Radio Host MSN. You can hit us up at any one of our social media accounts or go to our website at michaelnimmons.com there you can post a comment right from our thinking out loud radio show page at tol radio show we truly truly appreciate all of your support and again remember to tune in next week we're going to have another great show in store for you and so until next time always remember if you think it you can believe it if you can believe it you can see it if you can see it you can be it if you can be it you can achieve it the power rests within you the mind is the most powerful muscle in your body use what you got to get what you want the power is in you it's the thinking out loud radio show thanks for listening
thank you for listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Be sure to support all of our radio show partners. If you like the show, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Want to book radio show host Michael Nimitz for a speaking engagement, book signing, or corporate event? Send an email to contact at michaelnimitz.com. Be sure to follow the show on all of its social media accounts on Instagram at the TOL Radio Show, on Twitter at TOL Radio Show, or on our Facebook fan page at www.facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Are you an entrepreneur? Want to advertise? Become a Thinking Out Loud Radio Show partner and take advantage of our free introductory advertising offers. Send an email to Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at gmail.com for more details. Visit the new home of the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at www.michaelnemons.com forward slash TOL Radio Show. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you.